0: Welcome to the Beyond High Performance Podcast, featuring content and conversations from me, Jason Jaggard, along with our elite coaches at Novus Global, their high-performing clients, and the faculty at the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching. On this podcast, you'll hear some of the world's best executive coaches and high-performing leaders, artists, and athletes discuss how they continue to go beyond high performance in their lives and businesses.
1: You think you have things going right, But there's actually so much more that you can improve on. It's going to take work. You're going to see lots of failure, but then you're going to learn to rewrite a story on what defeat means.
2: Hi, I'm Johan Martinez Kalilian. On this episode of Your Finest Hour, I speak with my coaching client, Matthew Jones, aka Mojo, founder of Rainbow Creative and also one of the key behind the scenes producers of this podcast, Beyond High Performance and at my own podcast, From the Future with Love, where we originally did this interview. This conversation is about decisions. We talk about what helped him in his personal and professional growth journey. And at the end of the episode, he makes a big, bold decision. I hope you join me in holding him to it. Enjoy the show. Last night, we had a big decision to make in our household. It was a decision that millions of people wrestle with every single day. It was a decision that doesn't come easily. It was a decision that can change your future. Delivery or takeout you guys know what I'm talking about? Have you ever had a long day of work and and you just didn't want to cook? you just wanted to hop on an app and have your food show up? But then those fees pop up, right? 3.99 for service. 599 for consumer fees. 11.99 for tip. Before you know it, you're paying 20 extra dollars just to have food delivered and you are not down with that, not because you're cheap. It's just because of the principle, right? On the other hand, you have worked all day long, and takeout would require you to get in the car, brave traffic, and spend more energy that you just don't have today. In the words of the famed poet, ain't nobody got time for that, right? You're confronted with options of like, okay, do, do I order and just take the cost of 20 extra dollars, even though I'm against this thing? Or, you know jump in the car, brave the traffic, go through all this craziness, right? It's, you don't love either choice. In front of you, you have decisions. Decisions, decisions. Now, you may hear my dilemma and say, that's nothing, I have to worry about real decisions every single day, right? I have to make choices that matter for something, to which I would say, how dare you judge my after work mealtime dilemmas? Now, I'm not here to get into a back and forth with you especially an imaginary one, since you're really not talking to me. I'm here to say you can't avoid making decisions, whether big or small. Well, I mean, you kind of can, but even avoiding making a decision is a decision in and of itself. How are you relating to decision-making? Are you often paralyzed by decisions? Do Do you get overwhelmed with choices? Do you worry about making the right Choice. Do you get stuck when you're faced with decisions? Decisions. Do you not want to get stuck anymore when you're faced with decisions? Decisions. Now imagine a world where everyone is clear about what they want. A world where everyone makes decisions without fear of it not turning out perfectly. A world where we love making choices because it's a sacred act that moves us in the direction of our dreams. One of the first things that came to mind when exploring this concept was the movie "Yes Men." I, I mean, it's one of my favorites. If you haven't seen it, the premise of the story revolves around the protagonist Carl, who attends a "Yes" seminar in which they encourage its attendees. seize the opportunity to say yes to any opportunity, request or invitation that presents itself. Throughout the course of the movie, Carl begins to seize the opportunities that come his way, renewing relationships, getting promotions, and just trying new things every single day. But as we learn, it's not sustainable or feasible to say yes or no to anything and everything. So how do we know if we are making the right decisions? In The Art of Decision-Making by Joshua Rothman, he says that imperfect conditions are the problem of bounded rationality. Choices are constrained by earlier choices. Facts go undiscovered, ignored, or misunderstood. Decision-makers are comprised by groupthink and by their own fallible minds. Did you guys get that? Sometimes even having too much choice may be the root of the issue. The paradox of choice suggests that increased choice can make us miserable because of regret, self-blame, and opportunity costs. Worse, increased choice has created a new problem, the escalation in expectations. Now in my conversation with friend and one of the awesome producers of our amazing show from the future with love, Matthew, we call him Mojo Jones. We will explore a bit more about how his past indecisiveness affected his personal growth and development. The moment he became clear about what he wanted and followed through on those decisions, the more he was able to reap the benefits of his hard work. For you, you said yes to this show. Right. (laughs) Now, could you even foresee... The future that it would create for you because ultimately, you all you did was say yes to this podcast, right? And then you know, you've you've texted me, I remember, uh, and you were like, dude, that me saying yes basically branched and created this whole new career path that I didn't even know, right? Could have happened. So, talk a little bit about that.
1: I said yes to the show, even going back to the first show, I said yes to it, was somebody asking me to do. Something different and creative. And I was like, I can produce. I love this subject. Let me say yes to it. So I said yes to the show, thinking, I was like, okay, cool. You know, I'm just going to do another podcast and it's going to be great. You know, at the time, podcasts were just something like I had visioned and dreamed of doing on the side. And then it just came. But then what it turned into is a full fledged podcast production studio that I now run where we have six shows and growing, you know, coming out on a weekly basis. And some of the guests on the shows are literally like Disney legends, you know, NFL Super Bowl champions, like Stanley Cup champions. Some of the people on these shows, I I remember I weeped after one (laughs) one of my shows. I produced the Novus Global Beyond High Performance podcast and our guest Linda Wolverton was on there and she wrote the original Beauty and the Beast no big deal. And I was having a moment because I used to work in Disneyland in Fantasyland. So I worked and as a college student in a role that she created, fast forward to 10 whatever years later, now my company is producing a show with the person who created that. And all that started from just saying yes to this. And it happened really fast. You know, we got six shows with several different clients. We've done over a hundred episodes in under two years. And it's really amazing. And it turned into a full-time job that I got a full-time creative producer job. Now I'm a full-time senior creative producer, now part-time because I'm running my business as well. But literally saying yes to that show opened up a career in producing that I wanted for so, so long because I was working in real estate for actually five years and co-working and some really amazing co-working spaces. And I never saw myself there because I'm a filmmaker and creator, but it was something which worked. Mm -hmm. And it actually worked out well because I made tons of contacts, you know, through it, which still are part of my life, you know, forever and got me to where I am today. But what I was finding was I was getting stuck into a career that I was doing well, but wasn't setting my heart on fire and saying yes to this show was me really taking a chance on myself and say, hey, I'm going to keep doing this. And with that focus and clarity, finally, (laughs) it Mm -hmm. opened up a world of opportunity. And now, I mean, I was even thinking today, I, I wake up every day and get to live my dream and have amazing conversations and talk to amazing people. And people are trusting me with their vision and everything. And I just, I'm just honored that I can be a part of it. Today, we want to talk about really
2: decisiveness. And, you know, what I've experienced as a coach is one of the ways of being that can prevent people from experiencing the life they want, or from creating, you know, the experiences they want is indecisiveness. And oftentimes, our indecisiveness has a lot of great justifications behind it, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, where it's like, well, I don't know. Like, if is this the right thing? Is that the right thing? Everything from how do you marry the right person? Right. Which that had me locked up for a long time <laughs> until I met, you know, the most perfect, beautiful, amazing woman. And I got right. married to her and we had a baby. <laughs> but for a long time, that was the question I would ask people when I would interact with couples that I would admire and say, how did you know? They were the one. Right. And and I was always disappointed by the by their answer because they would always say, well, I just knew. Right. And there was a there was like no map to being decisive in this arena Mm -hmm. because I wanted to I wanted to get it right. Right. If I'm going to make decisions here, I want to I want to get it right. Mm -hmm. And that is what I've learned in the coaching work is one of the things that actually holds people back is our need to get things right before we make decisions. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so what we want to talk about is, well, what if there was a future for all of us where we made powerful decisions and we weren't held back by indecisiveness? Imagine the world that you could create. Imagine the experiences that you could create. Imagine what that would look like when it comes to your profession, to your relationship, to your self-esteem, you fill in the blank of whatever it is, Mm -hmm. right? Part of that is rooted in your ability to choose powerfully, to decide in the moment, even when you don't have all the information
1: you think you need. Being firm in your decision is uncomfortable and scary, i found, because indecisiveness sometimes is comfortable. So I know for me, when I've been not focus on my vision of being a producer or creating films or podcasts or whatever it is, I'll sometimes fall into work that I can do, but I'm not the best at, but it brings comfort because it brings like a consistent paycheck. And through our coaching experience over time, you've invited me to a future-based mindset of not what if you could do this, start doing it, and start working towards that vision and write down that vision and be clear on it. And when I've started working within that vision, it's been unreal the amount of opportunities that have come. I mean, you know, we started coaching and I have all these sprint goals and then I actually have to add more things that I'm accomplishing because I'm getting too busy with opportunities that are coming because I'm focused on my vision. And I find that when I am focused on my vision and acting towards it, people notice it and then they reach out to me for things that i can do well and Mm -hmm. oftentimes i'm still surprised by it like oh my gosh they want to work with me they want to do this it's like yeah dude because you're you're a visionary and you have a vision and you're good at what you do so why go back into a place of oh let me just stick with you know a x job you know it could be a sales job it could be a restaurant job it could be whatever which may bring you joy but for me Whatever X job was wasn't bringing me joy. You know, what was bringing me joy is focusing on my vision. And once I started focusing on that, then the jobs and the money started to come and even really overflow. It's interesting that you people might be thinking, "What if I like step into the uncomfortable? I can maybe make more than I could expect." You know, not just jobs and income. I've also found just peace of mind and my mental health has been better because I'm not forcing myself into something that you know I shouldn't be in so a lot of times my indecisiveness was be is really the stories I'm telling myself I need this I need this title I need this salary and obviously we need a certain amount to make do but what if I could be well-rounded and f- focus on, like my health as well as my vision. And I've found that that is actually the best place to be.
2: Yeah, because what I found is most people were not aware of, whenever we we're being indecisive, the benefits of being indecisive. Hmm. Like we actually get benefits. There's great payoffs. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot to gain from being indecisive. And one of the things that stands out is we don't have to be vulnerable. Right there's vulnerability in making decisions mm-hmm. because now you're opening yourself up to all kinds of outcomes that you can't control there's you're opening yourself up to disappointment yep you know <laughs> you're you're opening yourself up to failure yep you're opening yourself up to looking bad right and for most people they're like well i don't i don't want to experience that now the thing is most people would not say I'm indecisive because I'm trying to protect myself from those realities. We would say, well, I'm indecisive because, it's, you know, I just want to make the right choice and I want to make a right. good call. And I want exactly. to, you know, and and we look really good with our justifications for indecisiveness, yeah. you know? So I would say in your journey, you've, you've worked with coaches over the years and a lot of us, you know, have mm-hmm. been novice coaches when it comes to becoming aware of what's at the root of your indecisiveness mm-hmm. and starting to, Love yourself into a new, really a new identity. Mm-hmm. Talk to us a little bit about that journey. Is like I went from, hey, I don't, I don't know about X, Y, and Z, and then I'm shifting into loving myself more, choosing who I want to be, choosing the life that I want to create from a very powerful place of decisiveness.
1: I've worked with three coaches, all within Novus, actually, <laughs> and it's when I was working with my first coach, David Gerber, I was. We were just kind of chatting and I was telling about everything that was happening in life. And now that I reflect on that conversation four years ago, it was a lot of indecisiveness. You know, I wanted to do this, I wanted to do that. And he looked at me and in our first session, he was like, I think you need to learn to love yourself. And I was like, what? Like, how does that really help me? <laughs> What's that got to do with anything? <laughs> That's got to do with anything? But it actually ended up being the most important concept that I needed because... With, oh wow, just had a realization. I see mm. why he said that now. It's because I was trying to find myself in everything that I was doing. And I was trying to find validation through different people and jobs and experiences. Now that I think about it, like I was so wrapped up in a title here and a dream there. And even if it was my personal dream, what about me? What about loving myself? So I really learned how to center and be with myself first and love who I am. And once I got a grasp, you know, over the next couple of years, really working through loving myself as I am and as I can improve and my faults and like my wins, I, it enabled me to start to walk in more of a straight path to be able to lead me to the decision of to be able to help me find my vision, actually.
2: So i mean think about this for a second if you were to to write a love letter to that guy <laughs> who was in that conversation oh, wow. with gerber yeah you know if you were to write him a letter from the future with love what would you what would you say to him maybe you know part of it i think is like that would prepare him for the conversation with david yeah or that would prepare him for the future that you're living in
1: now i would say you haven't begun to even tap into your potential you think you have things going right, but there's actually so much more that you can improve on. It's going to take work. You're going to see lots of failure, but then you're going to learn to rewrite a story on what defeat means. And you're going to get this in your journey and you are smarter than you realize you're stronger than you realize. And just know that if you stick to your vision the results are just going to be amazing. And the best part about it is that you're not going to be just living in your dream, but you're going to be able to help others rise with you, with your vision to have a well-rounded company that really hires other people. How would
2: you help people who are indecisive? Like, what would you say to them where they would, maybe they say, hey, I have five great options Mm -hmm. about what career to pursue, Mm -hmm. you know, and I just don't
1: know what decision to make. When something works, continue with it. So I never saw myself as a podcast producer. <laughs> I know how to produce. Mm-hmm. I know how to put things together. I know how to learn different programs, but never in my vision was podcasting. So when I got my like third show, I had to start to, at the time, I thought, like grieve my vision of being this film director. You know, I was like, wait a minute, I thought I had a vision. I'm a filmmaker, I'm a video person, but then there's this podcast thing happening. But then when I actually shifted and started focusing on the podcasts, everything else just started to steamroll into Mm. all my opportunities. So like what I would say to someone is like, when something works, stick at it, become an expert in it. You know, I'm still not quite a podcast expert, even though I've done hundreds and hundreds of hours of work on it. But mm-hmm. I'm I'm at expert level, you know, at the amount of time <laughs> yeah. I put into it. And that is something that I'm proud of. And what's been great about this is that since I'm so focused on this vision, like... Other ideas start to happen with it. And I'm like, how can I be better? How can I, you know, integrate some cool ideas into the shows more? And my clients are happy with the evolution on like season two of our shows and, you know, the different episodes that we continue to grow in. So because I'm focused on this, I can be better and better and better at this. And that it's okay to focus Mm. on this. You know, if you think, if you look at other moguls and people who have done multiple things, it took them time to do it. And yes, you will branch into other things, but if you start here, you know, those other things will be easier and then you can choose to do them. So for example, now when I get a video project, it's I can use some podcast money to pay for that video project. See, that's mm-hmm. something I didn't think in the first place that I I didn't think about, that that could be a possibility. Now I could use what I'm making in podcast income to fund my films. And it's now part of mm-hmm. the same story, but it really took being very focused on No, this is what I want to do. But then also, like, not putting my identity in that because I have a problem with saying I'm a podcast producer. And then if I get a rejection on a podcast or bad feedback, I internalize that. Let's go back Mm -hmm. to loving myself. I'm fully whole, Matthew Jones, AKA Mojo, (laughs) you know, (laughs) along with this vision.
2: A lot of people justify indecisiveness to avoid risks. They play it safe to prevent themselves from making the wrong choice. Or sometimes, plain and simply, they have some major FOMO. Then there's chasing after that that bright, shiny thing, right? The dream job, the perfect spouse, you know, that thing. Then it happens. You meet the one, you found the job, your perfect choice paid off. But then over time, you realize something. That perfect choice, Isn't so perfect anymore. Your spouse has flaws. Your ideal job has become predictable. The shine dulls. You get bored and you move to the next thing without giving it a second thought. Now you're back to square one and more indecisive than ever. You see, indecisiveness comes in many forms, and oftentimes it justifies our inaction. There's a cost to this way of being. We lose out on opportunities, we tolerate our messes we settle for less, we play small, we stay stuck, we disappoint ourselves and others on and on and on. This brand of indecisiveness is rooted in a fear of commitment. As an executive coach, I'm in the business of helping others with their commitments, supporting my clients and their goals and needs during their time with me. One of the first things my clients learn is we commit for two reasons. One, to acquire that thing we committed to. Two, is to grow. People who only commit to things they know they can get live a small life. That's why they're so indecisive. If they aren't sure they will win, they don't play. They fear commitment because they're afraid of being seen as a failure or less than. I think we've all experienced a fear of commitment at some point in our lives, with relationships, with our career, with our family and friends, and most importantly, with ourselves. It seems like we're so okay with not committing. The number of times I hear about the worries around what if or if only from potential clients is astounding. They're so worried about controlling outcomes that they allow indecisiveness to reign supreme in their business and their relationships. This inability to commit inadvertently becomes their most powerful commitment. I want you to hear that another way. A fear of commitment is a commitment to indecisiveness. Is that what you want to be committed to? Is that the type of life you want to lead? Is that the type of person you want to be? Now imagine a world where you're more committed to your vision than fear. Imagine a world where you're more interested in being prolific than being perfect. Imagine a world where you're more present than in your anxiety. That world is closer than you think. You can live in that world. A world where outcomes don't define us, they inform us. A world where every choice is an act of creativity and love. A world where your decisions are the revolution. If you're gonna if you're gonna make a decision, and this is part, part of why I think people actually have indecisiveness, dis, um, indecisiveness is because we're afraid of committing to a thing. We're we're afraid of oh no, but if I give my time and energy or my life to something, then I'm gonna lose that. Like I'm gonna lose time, I'm gonna lose energy, and I'm never gonna get it back. And so there's a lot of fear there. And part of what I hear you saying is like, what would it look like to commit to something and then commit to the growth, commit to the process, commit to the ups and downs, Mm -hmm. you know, commit to what's in front of you to stick with it, Mm -hmm. no matter what's in store. Right. Sometimes, you know, and I have, maybe you have plenty of friends like this. I know I have plenty of friends like this that like the new shiny thing. Oh, I love the new shiny thing. (laughs) Right. So it's like, (laughs) it's new, it's shiny, sexy. I want to go play with it. And then I learned it a little bit. I'm like, okay, I'm tired of it. Right. And then, and then you shift to the new thing. So, what Mm -hmm. would it look like to decide? You know, what I'm down with with this career path. I'm down with this pursuit, Mm -hmm. even though there's still uncertainty. Right. Even though I don't have all the facts yet, but I'm making the best decision that I can with the information that I have right now, Mm -hmm. and I'm making a commitment. Mm. Because when I when I decide. And then I commit to yeah. something, there is something beautiful on the other end. Right. It's called growth. Right. Ultimately that's it, right? Yeah. That's that's the beautiful. And I think if we get down to the core of it, that's what we're avoiding. Right. When we're <laughs> stuck in indecisiveness, to use stuck, because that's what most of us would say. We're like, we're stuck in this indecisiveness because you know we want to make the right call. What we're doing is we're preventing growth from happening.
1: Yeah. One hundred percent. We're
2: staying stagnant in the moment mm-hmm. as a result. So I think you you and I have talked about courage in the past. Mm-hmm. How important is courage when it comes to making uh, important decisions for your life?
1: It's really essential because without courage, you'll just you just won't do it. You'll just not take that leap, making that courageous, bold move to ha- do that bold request to a potential client can result in something beautiful one thing that my mom says which i love is that why not try because if they say no you're back in the situation where you were and oftentimes that's a great situation i Mm -hmm. have a home i have friends i like i have a good life but if they say yes think about what could open up and happen but if you never ask and take that courageous move you'll never grow you'll never move forward and it may take a hundred no's to get one yes but then when that one yes happens you know it'll start to snowball into something really amazing how do you have the courage to make certain decisions when there's so much uncertainty Hiring a coach and (laughs) yeah, you know we're good for that. We're definitely good for that, right? Right. Exactly. So there's that. You know what? Boom! That's it. That's it. This is not a commercial for coaching, but it is. (laughs) Yeah. However, what I will say is that you know I with coaching, it makes me work on myself like it's a full time job. For example. I remember when I was making Human, I was working with Janet, and I was working, like literally sitting on this film for like two years, working on it on and off. And it wasn't until I got someone to help me be accountable and say, no, I have to do this by this date. And within two months, we rose rose the money that we needed to and somehow made a film happen with $1,500. And it's one of the films that I'm most proud of. But even with that, sure, I had a coach, but I made the choice you know to right. do it. I didn't have to meet meet my commitments. You know it's really up to me. Right. You right. know, obviously I want to because I I committed to this and I want to live up to my word, but I think it just comes down to a concept of like why not. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not like I I watch very little TV. I find that, you know, I'm either listening to podcasts, working on podcasts, writing or creating. I I, I do need to find more balance. But for me, like I can't not make moves. I can't not try new things because for me, that's the shiny new thing. And for me, I want to have a legacy. So there are times where it will be hard. But what I find is that when I start, it's awesome. And then you get in the flow Mm -hmm. and just that dopamine feeling of not really getting notoriety, but just getting something done is amazing. And I actually find peace in that when I get something Mm. done.
2: You you mentioned it at the beginning of what you just said, where it's like hire a coach. You know, yeah. When it comes to stepping into <laughs> That's the what courage, I to do. yeah, yeah. And it, and it seems like there is a dynamic at play when you step into a coaching relationship that helps you to actually decide to do the most courageous thing. Right. So, what is it about the coaching relationship for you that you're like, man? Like there's something about it where I actually step into another level. I step into a, another mode of myself. And it one help, you know, it helps me decide to be the best version of me. Mm-hmm. And then I get to decide and choose things that I normally may sit on for a longer period of time.
1: I can do something and achieve it and then congratulate myself. And it's like there's really okay, fine. But <laughs> I I love make having someone keeping me accountable and someone who I can make proud. Really, um, mm-hmm. what it comes down to me for that because, yeah, just that cheerleader, that coach, that person like walking alongside you, you know, I think having someone like that along your journey can help you see things that you might not see and just really push you forward. I mean, the whole experience for me is just really being held accountable and having someone to make proud. I don't know if. That's the way it's supposed to be, but that's how I relate to it, and um, <laughs> well, I think it yeah.
2: motivates me. So, yeah, because one of the things that, and I do think this fuels indecisiveness, hmm. is what we do as as human beings is is we make up that in making the right decision or the decision that I know will work out, then I'll get the validation that I want from everybody else, you know, or even from myself, I'll feel better about myself. If I actually make a choice that works out in the end.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: Instead of saying, what what I've heard you say. Yeah. What would it look like to be the type of person who lives in a sense of love and validation perpetually. Right. And when things don't work out according to plan, you're not in disarray Mm -hmm. because of that you can still be validated and whole and loved. Right. You're more prone to making decisions when, when you're that type of person. You're yeah. more prone to being indecisive when your identity is rooted in outcome.
1: Yes, that is key. Because you're so focused on making the right decision and make sure you make the right outcome instead of right. focusing on that You know, coming from a place of wholeness coming from a place of self-love. So you can, and that that helps you rewrite the story of defeat. I mean, one thing that we've talked about recently when I've encountered, you know, two big things of defeat recently of like, how do you relate to that? You know, how do you change that story? And that was just a new concept for me because I was like, no, I'm supposed to wallow it and it's okay to not be okay, which yes, it is okay not to be okay sometimes. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. how can you turn around and rewrite that story of one of like, growth and one of forgiving yeah. yourself and one of not letting you know these external circumstances change who you are or change the present moment. You know, I'm reading the power of now right now and a key concept is getting out of the suffering tapes that we play worrying about things that happened in the past when all that matters is now and that's all that exists. So how can mm-hmm. we move forward in wholeness in this, you know with clarity? You know, not attaching to the outcome because the future is so uncertain. You will never mm-hmm. know what the outcome is. I mean, I was actually in a place where for the past couple of years, things were like going and growing and good and in a rhythm. And then all of a sudden, in the span of like two weeks, my entire life shifted. And I I didn't see it coming. And luckily we had just started working with each other again. So you kind of helped me go on the path, but it was like wild, like the craziest future that I didn't even see. And that's when it came down to, I took time. Like I went to Joshua Tree for a while. I did a lot of hikes to find wholeness and peace first and then move forward in that space. And once Mm -hmm. I started moving forward in that space, things are, things are rocking and rolling, creating. But some of
2: our indecisiveness comes from a desire to control the future.
1: Yes, 100%.
2: So then when we come to grips with, oh, I can't control the future, what can I I control? I can control what decisions I make right now. Right now, yeah. And then I can control how I respond Mm. to whether or not something works or doesn't work. Right. Right. And that's the thing that we were just talking about right now is like, oh, so if I feel confident in who I am, Mm -hmm. right, if I'm I'm full of a sense of self-esteem and love for for self, then when things don't work, I can respond in an empowered way. Yeah. Right. But if we're not rooted in that, Mm -hmm. when when things don't work, we're going to respond, you know, all over the place. Why did I even choose this? And then we're going to try to control more. So I have a a client actually right now that I'm working with who I don't I don't want to give too many details, but very successful. In the sports world, very successful and was burned really bad, Hmm. was burned really bad by cancel culture and kicked out of their position. And again, I don't want to give too many details because I think it'll like out them and I don't want to do that. So burned really bad, kicked out of their position and now is very skittish. And it is a place where, uh, you know, he's saying, I don't know what decision to make. So. He wanted to shift careers because of it. He's like, well, I guess the, the, all bridges are burned in this arena that I've given my whole life to that I'm mm. really passionate about. And there's essentially he's like, there's no hope for me here. And, you know, through a couple of sessions, first, it's it's inviting him into, hey, what if the best is yet to come? Yeah. In that arena that you love so much, what if what if you don't have to pivot away from it? Mm-hmm. Who do you commit to being here? And so he just sat in that for a little bit. Hmm. And he was like, yeah, you know what? Like, if I'm honest with myself, I don't want to pivot. Yeah. I I don't want to shift careers. I actually want to stay committed to this thing. I'm just so afraid because hmm. I don't know. I don't know what's to come. I don't know how I'm going to do it. It's a lot of, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And yeah. I'm like, great. Guess what? I don't know either. Right. All I know is, are you willing to choose and commit right now to that vision that you have. Like, how are you going to get back in it? Mm-hmm.
1: How are you going to break back in? I mean, what popped in my head when you said that is commitment is soil for growth. Mm-hmm. Because when you make a commitment, at that point, you were just sowing the seeds, tending to your garden, watering it, going through the storms and everything. But eventually you're going to grow um, because you're focused on that.
2: A few weeks ago, I had a session with one of my athlete clients who's a professional hockey player in the NHL. I asked him, are you going to be in the Hall of Fame? Right. This is not an everyday conversation. So he just paused and smiled and he said, you know, I've never thought about that before. And then his face lit up and he said, yeah, I want to be in the Hall of Fame. And I could tell he, he'd said that for the first time. Right. He went on to say that while working with me, he'd started to dream and imagine possibilities for his life and career that he hadn't thought of before. And I just sat there and I, I you know, I didn't reveal it in a moment, but that shocked me. I mean, he's in the NHL, right? He's he's in the top one percent of hockey players in the world. He's elite. He's extraordinary. And guess what? He's human. We all have ways we can grow and expand our vision no matter how successful we are and no matter how far we've come. You see, he hadn't thought about the Hall of Fame just yet. It wasn't realistic or attainable yet, even though he was in the NHL. And my question opened up a possibility for him. And he felt the freedom to dream about a legacy that he would leave in the NHL. Inviting him into thinking about the next level it inspired him, it sparked his creative spirit, and, and, and it gave him fuel to risk more for the sake of his dream. Because even a professional hockey player can live in a comfort zone. Going after that thing that scares us and feels unattainable allows us room to grow. It's not about making the perfect decision. It's about committing to decisions that stretch and grow you. That's what this is about. I want you to take a moment with me and think about your wildest dreams. What's your hall of fame? Okay, now I want you to think bigger than you've ever thought before. The thing you want, but you're afraid to say it out loud for fear of looking foolish or unrealistic. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Okay, what is it? Give yourself permission to say it out loud. Now write it down. Really think about every aspect of what that would look like if you had no limitations or nothing holding you back. It could be about your dream job, a loving relationship, starting a business, creating beautiful art, or anything you could possibly want for yourself. Now, here's what I want you to do. Make a decision to take one step in the direction of that dream. Maybe it's opening up a savings account for your dream house. Maybe it's asking your business partner for forgiveness. Maybe it's quitting your job. Maybe it's moving to another state. Maybe it's contacting me so we can work together. Whatever you do, take action. I want you to choose freedom and make a decision that will change your life forever. Now, inviting you into being a time traveler into the future. <laughs>
1: yeah. Right? Uh-huh. To be like, all right, so what year do you, do you want to go to? Let's go to 2050, 30 years from now. 20 2050. Oh, that's a You so go to ago. 2050, like right? 60. And you're like, okay, 30
2: years. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So, 60 year old. Oh my gosh, Matthew Jones, Mojo. Wow. Talk to talk to your current self about this brilliant future that you've created. You know, what have you created not only for yourself but for the world that you live in, and how has decisiveness helped
1: you get there? Future Mojo, the current Mojo would say. You're not dreaming big enough. I invite you into a world that you think is impossible and start to focus step by step on ways that you can achieve that. Not looking at it as something that is unattainable, but attainable. However, throughout the process, make sure to enjoy every day and enjoy the process because Time is all we have and it runs out. So throughout the whole experience, yes, shoot for the stars, but while you're going, enjoy every step and do know that whatever way life takes and goes is meant to be, it's for your growth. It's for the way things are supposed to go. And so,
2: you know, thinking about what, what I see for you in the future is you have a a big studio that has a big reputation you yes. know so maybe in 30 in 30 years uh-huh. instead of Tyler Perry it's it's Matthew Jones that people oh, talk man. about you know yeah. <laughs> and there's a studio that you're at the helm of mm-hmm. that you've not only told stories that you're proud of but that have shaped culture mm-hmm. you know you've created podcasts that have impacted millions of people's lives mm-hmm. throughout the globe right and now there's this reputation there's this legacy that you've created through storytelling, yeah. through you know, the the art form of of communication and and engaging people in this meaningful way. Does that resonate for you? And what are some details to your future that you can see that I even missed?
1: That resonates wholeheartedly because that's the exact vision that I want. I want to leave a legacy that big because I have so much to say. I have so many stories to say, to tell, I have so many. Things I want to make a difference in. You know, like every one of my films is about powerful things. Like my last film was on Black Lives Matter. You know, my next film is about the school to prison system and group homes. And for me, my vision is bigger than just having conversations and making films. It's to invite people into a future where things are different. You know, what if we had a future without a criminal justice system? What if we had a future where people loved each other like fully? you know, and all the aspects of who they are, he, she, they, and everything, like I want to tell stories that do that. And I feel like I feel like my vision is so big (laughs) that I want to create a studio where not only am I making things for me, but I'm mentoring other people because I don't have all the stories to tell and I don't have the one perspective. You know, I want to bring others around to really grow this community of storytellers, you know and reaching you know people in the nation in the world that may have never had these opportunities before i feel like i've been blessed with so many opportunities to grow and have a vision for how that can expand so everything that you're saying really fully resonates with me and that's really the only future that i want Mm -hmm. and i'm clear that that's the vision so this whole thing about decisions 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 and and indecisiveness because i'm good at a lot of things I find that I can shift to do something and do it well, yeah, but what I find is that I do it well for a while and then hit a wall and crash. Mm-hmm. and then sometimes I have to start over again. And recently i'm I'm on an open road and I'm still going, and I haven't crashed yet. You know, i I have swerved a little bit, mm-hmm. but I need to not get off the road and go into the bushes again because I do have this vision. I do have this ability, and I have a lot to say. To a lot of people,
2: I want to invite you into uh, a commitment, and you know that's that's what I do as a coach. Right, it's <laughs> like that's one of my my bread and butter. And is there anything that you're on the fence about when it comes to decisions to make?
1: Yes, I've been sitting on a feature film for four years. It's called Rainbow Rainbow movie, and it inspired Rainbow Creative, and it still hasn't been made. So, oh
2: wait a minute, you've been sitting on this for four years? Yeah. You're just telling me about it right now? <laughs> yeah.
1: Like I was working on like shitty first drafts of the script with Janet like years ago. And so, yeah. yeah, go ahead. And it's a decision that I want to make this movie in two years. I love that. So what would be first step? First step is to dust off the old shitty first draft of the treatment and rewrite a treatment in a month. There it is. Yeah. You heard it here, folks. Oh, man. <laughs> Wait, do so how, did, how does that feel? <laughs> it feels cool. It feels like that's been like the missing piece, really. Hmm. You know, It's like I've, a lot of things that I, I do haven't been bad things, but they've been kind of like working around that. Like that's the thing that's just been sitting on the shelf, ready to be made. But I've had amazing things through it. I've started a podcast yeah. studio. I have a short film that's written that we're filming in two months. And all these things are great. You know, I have an amazing job, you know, all these things are great, but they are somewhat keep me like swerving around like my vision. And my vision is I want to make a feature film. I thought I would make a feature film by now and I'm already 34 and I haven't. So we got to get that done.
2: And I think that's the thing, you know, where a large part of what we've talked about today is the realms
1: of decisiveness you've stepped into, how easy it was for
2: you to say yes to certain things. Mm And yet you still have areas where the indecisiveness exists. Right. And I think that's the hope for all of us that are listening to this is no matter how decisive we think we are, mm-hmm. we still have areas of indecisiveness. Right. And so that's where we can get curious, you know, as we close out this episode is pinpointing the areas of decisiveness and choosing to decide on an action. Right committing to something, knowing that there is a big, brilliant future ahead, Mm -hmm. where we may not fully have the picture. We just know that there's a future that's worth sacrificing for. It's worth showing up for. It's worth deciding for.
1: Right. I love it. It's worth it.
0: Thank you for listening. For more resources like this, as well as articles and videos by all of our coaches, go to novus.global and click on resources. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, that helps us out a lot. Rate and leave a review. If you didn't like us, just leave us alone. We drop new episodes every week and we don't want you to miss out. If you want to explore hiring a Novus Global coach or becoming an executive coach at the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching, email us at begin at novus.global or click the link in the show notes. Thank you again for listening. And remember, dare to go beyond high performance.